Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Nicolas and Dr. Zong. Baby, welcome to Sylvan Gold, Daddy. I am the loaf, and with me, Doctor Zah. Hey, you sound like uh, you have a lot of pep. No, I don't have any at all. Hey. Oh, that was it. That was I spent all of my energy already. The rest of the show will suck worse than usual. <sighs> um, this week on the show, we are doing space madness. Uh, we're going to review. Steven Soderbergh's take on Solaris from 2002, and Bowie Jr.'s take on Moon from 2009. Wait, that was the only take. <laughs> all right, Zom, how are you, sir? Uh, I just woke up. I'm all right. I'm uh, rebooting my brain. <clears throat> I just got off work. It was an uneventful day. Uneventful week. Uneventful life. Yeah. What? what? You're consistent. I am consistent. You cannot take that away from me. Um, so how have you been? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, everything's pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah, no, pretty much. Nothing going on. Trying to Bing. think. No highlights this week. I read some, I read some uh, Iron Fist comics still. Still good. Mm-hmm. Pretty ridiculous. Like it. Um, yeah, it was a pretty... No pretty, highlights, no little lives. No, pretty nothing. boring week. Nothing. Nothing to speak of. What have, what have you been watching? Anything uh, tickled your taint? Well, this one was uh, pretty odd, I guess. Um, it's a serial killer movie, but it kind of was different uh, from 2012, A Kiss and a Promise. It's a Canuck movie uh, set in Ontario, some town in Ontario. You know how they are. Yeah, uh, directed by Philip Guzman, uh, and it stars Mick Rossi, who also wrote the screenplay, with Philip Guzman. And uh, it doesn't have anybody in it I know, but it had some weird uh, polyamorous... uh, I don't know stuff that uh, you know. I thought it was seem. I thought it was going to be just kind of straightforward, and then they threw in these kind of odd relationship things. And uh, the uh, main guy is a real creep. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a tote. Not a he, he's a fucking. Ugh. Anyway, but uh, that one I had to rent, so it's probably on Netflix. Uh, I watched uh, 1958's uh, Touch of Evil 
written and directed by, well, the screenplay was written by Orson Welles, directed by Orson Welles, and based on the novel Badge of Evil by Whit Masterson. Stars Charlton Heston as a Mexican uh, cop. And uh, some stuff goes down, and Janet Lee has really pointy tits. Um, but it's good. <laughs> Orson Welles is very good in it. He also stars as Hank Quinlan, this uh, cop from the American side of the border who is pretty much a uh, big fat scumbag. And I love him. He was great. Uh, speaking of big fat scumbags, uh, I shouldn't say that. Uh, 2014's A Most Wanted Man, directed by Anton Corbinge. Uh, written by Andrew Bovell and uh, based on the novel by Jean Lacare, which I did not know until I just read that, and now everything falls together. Because it stars, this is Philip Seymour Hoffman's last movie, I think. Rachel oh. McAdams is in it, and uh, Sean Penn's wife, Robin Wright. Um, I kept wondering, it's a spy movie, and it's uh, slow, moving and that's how a lot of Jean Lachere's novels are so now it all makes sense it's worth a watch but it's uh pretty dry uh to get out of the way motherfucker so I can see 2013's Philomena uh directed by Stephen Fears and uh the screenplay was written by Steve Coogan and uh Jeff Pope stars Dame Judy Dench. I don't know why. I don't understand the whole dame thing. It's like uh, you know, just throwing something in front of some, or you know, whatever. And uh, but Steve Coogan's in it, and he is always funny. This one is, man, it rips your guts out. It's uh, I got it because I thought you know Steve Coogan's in it. He'll be fucking. He'll make me laugh. But ooh, this one makes you mad, and it is really sad. Uh, the next thing I watched was 2013's Begin Again, <laughs> written and directed by John Carey, starring Kira Knightley, the titless wonder, and Mark <laughs> Ruffalo. Did you, and, did you check out her, her nipple shots? Yeah, I've seen those before. Yeah. Uh, when I was uh, eight years old and looking at myself in the mirror. It was no sure. <laughs> uh, it also has the legendary Adam Levine, who I don't know anything about. Other than my ex-girlfriend really thought he was great, and uh, he's in it, but not a lot. Ruffalo is kind of chubby and has really bushy hair, which is kind of funny, and uh, he just kind of looks like a slob. Uh, it's not bad. If uh, if you were taking a chick to a movie, you could go see that, and you wouldn't be like over. You wouldn't be like ready to vomit. Uh, Keira Knightley can sing pretty good. Uh, I watched uh, I was, Netflix. Yeah, I, was, in... I, was, I was not excited about that trailer. When eh. I, I saw it at some point before a movie, I'm sure. It's probably yeah. before, like, because uh, I saw, um, uh, fuck. Nah, my brain's wanting to say Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. Um, <laughs> the fucking one we did on the show. <laughs> what one? About what? The Wes Anderson one. Oh, Grand Budapest uh, Hotel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it might have been before that one. I'm trying. I was trying to think of what where I would have seen that trailer. It had it, it had to have been in front of a movie like that. Probably because I mean, usually they try and keep the same same uh, at least lighthearted for lighthearted movies. Yeah. Porn for porn. Movies. Um, 2006 T 
TV Junkie, which is on Netflix Instant. It's a documentary. This guy worked for Inside Edition, uh, the TV rag, mag, whatever, and he was the uh, adventure guy who would go out and do crazy stuff. Bill, o- It's funny to see Bill O'Reilly on there when he was younger and probably still an asshole, but, you know. Uh, and this guy was kind of um, obsessed with recording uh, every aspect of his life. And... Um, he recorded like 3,000 hours of him and his wife and her having the babies and living together. And it goes over a period of years. And, of course, when I saw TV Junkie, I thought it meant that he was, like, obsessed with recording. But he is a junkie. <laughs> As in, he likes to snort a lot of coke and smoke crack. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and it's true. I mean, it's, it's a documentary, so. Um, it's a true story documentary. Yeah, you you get to watch somebody spiral, uh, and not in a good way. Has anybody ever spiraled upward? And uh, they did a documentary about. It I wouldn't make for a very interesting documentary. I, uh, I watched uh, 2006 Scoop, directed and written by the pervert Woody Allen, and uh, it stars a uh, very young, very. Um, I don't know, attractive and uh, n- nice and funny Scarlett Johansson and uh, Hugh Jackman and Woody Allen. It's pretty good. And it also has um, – what's his face? Next thing I watched was <laughs> 2013. Uh, Ian by- McShane? Yeah. Okay. The guy – I was going to say the guy from Deadwood. I can never remember his name. Um 2013's uh, Uwe Boll directed Suddenly, starring everybody that's in Uwe Boll movies these days, including <laughs> Ray Liotta, Dominic Purcell, Michael Pere, the young guy from Rampage is in it. Um, this is a remake of the Frank Sinatra 1950s movie with, uh, I think, Sterling Hayden. Um it ended up being pretty good, but they tried to make it really close. Like, it seemed like the first half or three quarters of it was a lot like the Sinatra one, and it mm-hmm. seemed out of place because it was too, uh, too, Corny. I don't know, 1950s for for a 2013 movie. It was like, oh, come on, you know. Yeah. Uh, there were a few people in this that I wanted to die that you really weren't supposed to. Because they were nice, and uh, but they were just douchey. Um, I watched a movie called The Rage. Now, this movie, I watched half of it, and the only reason I'm saying it is telling you about it is because it stars Lorenzo Lamas, uh, Gary Busey, and Roy Scheider, and it's on Netflix Instant. And I got to forty, I think forty-one or forty-eight minutes into it. Mm-hmm. And it just kept reloading over and over and over, and it would just say the same. the The Lamas's female partner would say, um, "Relax, don't bust a." And then it would reload, and it would say the same thing over, and it would just keep doing that. It would ever soon as she would say half and that line. It was a DVD. No, it's on Netflix Instant. <laughs> Weird. So I, I went all the way out of it. <laughs> I started it from Resume, and it kept doing it. Then I went all the way out of it, started it from the beginning, and like fast-forwarded to that point, and it still did it. Then I went all the way out of it, 
started from the beginning, fast forwarded past that part, and it would still go to that part. But I did get her to say, don't bust a vein. One more word, then it it just started doing it again. And so it was, I don't know, I eventually turned it off. But it looked pretty good because Busey was fucking insane. His character was insane, and I'm pretty sure he was in this movie. Lamas looked awesome. Roy Scheider was good too, so from what I could see. So um, if anybody wants to check that one out, see if it works because it seemed like something was not working. Me. That's it. That's it. Ah. Um, so I started the week just trying to cleanse the horror palette. Um, there is a Chevy Chase movie that I've had on my instant watch list for a little while called Modern Problems. Um, I'd never even heard of this before. And man, was this movie a piece of shit. I saw <laughs> it. it. I think, yeah. It, Ugh, it, was, it was not funny. At all. Like, I think there was a couple funny Chevy Chase moments, but he can't help but not be funny or be funny, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, god damn, this movie was not good. Lotter. Worst movie of the week, easily. Um, Worst movie maybe of, ever. Of him? Or that he's in? I would... I could say... That of a Chevy Chase movie, is it worse than Cops and Robertsons? I never saw that one. I didn't either. <laughs> Uh, don't watch Modern Problems unless you have something else to do and you just want something stupid playing on your TV. Um, I watched another really stupid one, Going Berserk from 1983. This is John Candy, and it was a lot better than the other one, but that's not saying much. It was still a turd. Um, (laughs) uh, I actually liked John Candy in this better than Chevy Chase in the other one. Um, Eugene Levy's in it and pretty funny. He he's a uh, he plays this really slimy filmmaker. Um, Joe Flaherty's in it and it's pretty funny. The movie itself not very funny. And Kurtwood Smith makes a brief appearance and so does Ernie Hudson as a as a convict pre Ghostbusters. This movie's from like '83 and he's very skinny and uses drops a lot of f bombs. So <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um. I watched a couple documentaries um, on Netflix. The day the series stopped. Um, it's a 30 for 30. It's all right. I mean, I don't know if this is going to be... I mean, it seemed kind of generic. It, it holds particular interest to me because um, the 89 World Series, for anybody that doesn't know, the 89 World Series that was po- uh, uh, postponed? No. It was put on hold for, you know, almost a week because of the big earthquake and aftershocks that happened in San Francisco in in '89. Um, so it it almost turned into more like a earthquake documentary than a baseball documentary. I don't know. It was a weird one to try to cover. It was kind of interesting hearing about some of the people that worked at the stadium. One guy that had to crawl up on the light posts and like was on like hundreds of feet in the air over the stadium when it hit. And he talked about like seeing the actual post, like waving underneath him, seeing his life pass before his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I'm going to like, he was searched. Sur- he thought it was, uh, it was bending so far. He said, he thought it was one of the planes that had flown over with one of the banners had gotten caught on it somehow and was pulling it. Um, and he said he just had to hold on. And he said that somebody told him the earthquake lasted 17 seconds. And he says, man, that, that was minutes. <laughs> it yeah. Lasted- 
Um, but it 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 holds interest to me because I this is um, a World Series I watched at a pretty impressionable age, and it made me fucking really phobic of earthquakes because you know when you're watching and all of a sudden the screen goes black and you hear Al Michaels talking about they just been hit by an earthquake and all this stuff, and then for week for a week after it's all every channel is news broadcasts of that fucking highway that collapsed and, and it, it scared the shit out of me. We've had um, a few here. I never had them in, in ever in my entire uh, existence, and then with the fracking, and yeah. it just feels like the whole house is shaking, like a big truck or something, or it's going by. It sucks. Yeah, it's kind of. I haven't, you know, I don't know, whatever. Frack, but, frack, frack. This one was all right. Um, I mean, it's it's worth checking out for sports fans, I guess. But it's yeah, it's kind of it's, it's, it's probably it's probably better. Yeah, sports ball. There's probably better. Uh, Sports documentaries out there, um, and I watched another one, David Ortiz in the moment. Uh, this is an epics documentary. Yeah, I mean it's all right. It's kind of I mean you know, it's just it's a it's a documentary about David Ortiz and like what he does when he's not playing baseball, and he has a really cute dog. It's black and white. I want to figure out what it is because it looks I don't know what it looks like a Portuguese water dog, but it was small. Um. But uh, one thing I did appreciate about it is that they don't bleep out any curse, any profanity. <laughs> so um, it, uh, there was a really still play for the Red Sox. He does. Okay. It was he's a funny moment. Old, he? he is old. Yeah, he's probably forty. I mean, baseball old. Forty-one, I think he'll be. So old. it's about that time. He's he's wrapping up, I think. Um, but you see, kind of, his, you see his kids, and yeah, it's all right. Um, I, it made me want to watch baseball again, though. Um, I watched kind of in the theme of the space madness or the not really space madness, but science fiction and 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 kind of questioning reality. I watched The Matrix for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. Um, still good, and I looked up a picture of Lana Wachowski, and I think Lana. I think Larry Lana is better looking as a woman than a man. <laughs> ah. Um but the uh the the movie's still good. I I have a funny story because I was not really looking forward to seeing a Keanu Reeves movie back in college. And uh I don't know if I've told this story before on here but a Bosnian friend of mine, you know, like you know, kind of the stereotypical European at times, like scoff America, you know, uh, for some reason he really liked Keanu Reeves and he's like, let's go see the new Keanu Reeves movie. I was like, are you kidding? What's wrong with you? (laughs) And, uh, and he's like, no, it'll be good. And I go and I, you know, about five minutes into the movie, I just lean over. He's like, dude, this movie rolls. So yeah. So I I rewatched that after years and it's still, still fun. I like it. I'll have to watch the other two because those two have only seen I've only seen the second and third ones one uh, time each. El Turtles. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then I went to the theater, and I watched a movie called Fury. Oh, okay. Fury's really good. I saw that movie, and There's I thought lots it was good. of lots of squishing and Brad Pitt's hair that you guys people seem being to mean like. to. New guys, yeah. Um, I liked Shia LaBeouf a lot. Yeah. Um, there. Just when you read the Bible. 
Just when he read the Bible, he was very inspirational. Um, <laughs> the one blonde chick uh, was really hot. Oh, yeah. And um, it got me a couple times, too. Um, yeah. So go see it. It's good. It's very tense. I love that kind of... Uh, <sighs> The tension that's built with this kind of thing, like it, it works in like submarine type stuff too, because it's not like um, dog fighting where everything's super fast, everything's lightning fast. It's like you're waiting for this tank. You're like, got to move, got to move, got to move, got to move. Hurry up, you know. And then who's going to get the shot off first? That kind yeah. of thing. So it it's cool. It's it's a good movie. Um, if anything, I thought the my the biggest drawback from me was the apartment scene. I thought it went on too long. Yeah, it did go on for a while. Yeah, but other than that, thought it was pretty fantastic. I kept thinking when I was watching that, I was like, "Oh God, where are they going to go with this?" Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I thought it was going to go somewhere horrific. So, but it's it's definitely worth checking out if you like World War II movies, and um, I, I liked the end a lot too. So, but yeah, that was it. And besides, uh, I caught up on Walking Dead, and I have now watched four seasons plus a few extra into the fifth season in the last two weeks. Um, and uh, I know I watched something else. I watched the new Constantine. I might be dropping it soon. It's It didn't wow me. I wasn't excited by it. Um, I already dropped it. <laughs> have you even watched... Did you watch the... You watched the first one only, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all right. And I figure I figure I feel like I watched something else, but I can't even remember. Ugh. It was that kind of week, you know, shitty week. All right, uh, why don't we take a break? Come back, and we'll talk about Solaris. Oh, I forgot to mention, I also watched the original Solaris all the way through this time, oh. Oh. Um, and I I liked it quite a bit. And um, I'll talk about I'll compare the two, I guess. Um, when we review the 2002 one right after this. Son, it's time we have a talk. About what, Dad? Well, son, pretty soon you want to look at naked girls. Some movies have lots of naked girls and things that make you feel strange. Mm, like Sasha Gray videos? <laughs> Oh, you've got to start off slow, son. Save the triple penetration gangbangs for when you get old and miserable. Savor the sight of bare breasts from a bygone era before they were Google away. Supper time, you two. And remember, no incestuous ruffies or rapey pink films until after dinner. (laughs) (laughs) The Trashy Trio. Covering Euro sleaze, Japanese pink films, American ruffies, or any other sordid entertainment that comes their way. The Trashy Trio, a podcast to listen to while alone. With headphones on. Probably in your closet. Under some covers. Maybe I should have saved this until the next movie. Ground control to Major Tom. 
ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Ground control to Major Tom. All right, all right. Enough of that Bowie business. Um, who picked that song? That was Martin. That was a good one to pick. I just played it in order. That's why I didn't line it up. And I don't put a lot of effort into this show anymore. Um, Solaris 2002. Directed Less effort by than we always do. Anyway, Steven Soderbergh. Um, <clears throat> starring our man crush, George Clooney. Uh, I don't know how to say her name. Natasha McKelney? Did I say that right? Sounds good. Uh, Viola Davis. Jeremy Davies. And some other appearances and stuff. Uh, Let's see if I can uh, read this very tough synopsis. A A troubled psychologist is sent to investigate the crew of an isolated research station orbiting a bizarre planet. Zom, what'd you think of... You've seen this before, right? Yeah. What'd you think of Solaris this time around? Um, I have seen this. I... Well, let's get into this uh, movie. It's okay. got George Clooney in it. And uh, I, I have to say that one the, the title of this week's episode could be uh, Man-Ass... <laughs> Or <laughs> actors who are not afraid to show their naked butt cheeks. Clooney really seems like he's very uh, uh, uninhibited and happy and ready to just, you know, show his hairless butt cheeks. And uh, much more than uh, Natasha McElroy. She is is just stunning in this movie. Stunning. You like her, though. You like her, right? Oh, my God. She's great. I mean, mean, she's good in the movie. I just mean she's, like, very hot. Very hot. Yeah. Uh, She's just kind of one of those ones that's kind of – she looks like she'd be too smart for me. Like a little (laughs) dumber. You know, I can't see myself, like, fish hooking her mouth from behind. No pies on that butt. Nah, she's not that type. She would be like, you know, she'd be she'd be like look down her nose and stuff like that. I'm sure. Now Clooney would probably like if somebody smashed a pie on his butt. He would laugh. He would think that was funny. Uh, but, but back to, to the movie. You have to make a Three Stooges noise when you do it. That when you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, I would make him make a Three Stooges noise, and right when he started to do it, I would smash a pie in his face. It's just funny. Get up his nose. He'd be like, you know, like when you get water up your nose. Anyway, and choking. That's funny. Um, <laughs> so this movie is a Soderbergh uh, thingy mm-hmm. uh, yes, project. And every movie that I've seen of his definitely has – he is an auteur in my opinion. He has a, a definite look and feel mm-hmm. – of his movies. Uh, sometimes the look and feel of the movie is better than the actual fucking you know, movie. Um, is that how you feel in this situation? No, I no. do not. I don't want to give anything away though. So don't, 
we'll save that for the end. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, I really like from from the very beginning of this movie. I really love the look of it. Um, nice and dark, rich colors. You know, it's like it's like it's like the colors are like uh, if you have a, a box full of uh, chocolate candy and you have the dark chocolate and the you know whatever. Anyway, I like the, <laughs> that. I like the outfits. Um, they they uh, or the clothing. Mm. Looks really nice, um, especially the women when they are uh, showing flat. Well, I guess they have flashbacks. They have flashbacks, but they also have at the beginning when Clune is on Earth still, and you know uh, uh, he's by himself and everything. But they're not too outrageous, like you know, uh, trying to be too uh, futuristic or sci-fi. Right, right. But you see little things that look cool that are different than what you know a normal person would wear. Uh, you have George Clooney, um, who is a damn handsome man, um, and I think is a you know I've heard people say that you know he is a more of a um, movie star uh, than an uh, an actor, you know. But I don't. I think he's both because I think that even I think this movie itself shows that he has some range. Oh, yeah. um, at the very beginning, uh, he seems you know he's kind of like one of those Walking Dead kind of people or a um, an injured um, animal just kind of walking through life. He's um, he's doing like, his thing. He's going like looking in a mirror. Minus the looks and success. <laughs> but what about the hairless ass? Anyway, uh, your hair has your ass probably has a mustache going in the crack. Uh, <laughs> Just hang it, hanging right out. Yeah, with dingleberries. Um, <laughs> so you can kind of tell that he's that that um, he's kind of a lost soul. There's something not right, and um, he gets he gets a. Um, an odd request because it says he's a psychologist, so, but you know I don't know how you can tell the difference between him being a psychologist or a psychiatrist. But either one, you know, uh, it, I didn't see him prescribe any drugs, so who knows? <laughs> um, but um, he he gets a a, a a message or a request to. Um, there, there's a problem on this um, space station, and um, one of his friends or colleagues says, "You know, it's very vague, but it's very intriguing, especially for somebody who is kind of, uh, like I said, walking around in a in a fog of, you know, pain and despair or whatever." Um, and the the message basically just says, "You know, I." I, I need you to come here. Um, I can't tell you why. You'll know, you, but, but because of him him being a psychologist, um, I want you to come here and help us, or kind of diagnose what's going on, or whatever. But it's very cryptic. The guy never says, you know, exactly what's happening, and he's like, "Who the fuck?" Um, I better get up there. <laughs> That's a literal quote. 
Yeah. And I thought, man, now that shows some range. Clooney being like a freaking moron. <laughs> so anyway, he goes, he, he, uh, you know, that's just a pretty quick setup. Now the, the way that this is shot, they, you do see, uh, quick flashbacks, uh, that are thrown in that show happier times for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like that. I like how they did it. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't – it didn't get in the way and it didn't seem like forced or anything and it, and it really helped set up how – what's – especially at the beginning when you don't know what's going on, what's – you know, they never really come out at first and say what happens but you see uh, his happiness and obviously because of the way he is and because they're shooting him all – you know, pretty much alone – with what he's doing that, you know, you, you kind of figure out that something has happened. That's uh, uh, yeah, alone chopping a cucumber, like a goddamn maniac. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus, so who taught him how to cut with a knife? He, he had a nice, he had a nice apartment though. And he has nice clothes. So, you know, it's pretty, he's must be pretty successful and going to the, you know, like the parties that, that, that they flash back to it's, you know, it's all, uh, the beautiful people, not the beautiful people, but more, cause I, I don't want to, you know, it sound like it's, um, like, uh, models and stuff like that. It's the, uh, you know, the smart, uh, successful people. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, he goes to, um, the space station, which is orbiting Solaris, uh, which is this planet that, uh, Kind of, I don't know. It's kind of odd. It's kind of strange. Yeah. And, <laughs> Just uh, a little bit. When he gets there, you almost are thinking, "Oh my god, what's this going to be like? Fucking aliens or something?" Because when he gets there, nobody greets him, and he's just kind of walking in this dark and you know uh, uh, space station by himself. And you know, like I'm smeared sure that, blood on the floor and the walls. Yeah, and, and I'm sure his butthole's puckering. You know, thinking, "Oh Jesus." <laughs> but it's not anything uh, that's um, obvious where there's yeah. like a creature or something like that. Um, but he uh, he comes across uh, – what's the one guy's name? Uh, Jeremy Davies. <laughs> he who, was picked perfectly. I love that role. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah. Every, everything Clooney asks him starts <laughs> out with him responding, yeah, well – that's kind of the whole thing, you know, and uh, yeah, but I've seen him – I've seen him in a few things before, including a movie called Million Dollar Hotel, which was an awful, horrible piece of shit that I would rank up there with the Chevy Chase uh, movie Modern that you said was horrible. Um, now, he is very good in the role because he keeps it uh, very odd. Uh, kind of uh, cryptic, which uh, keeps Clooney, you know, thinking like, "What the fuck's going on?" Uh, he never tells Clooney anything. Um, he, other than when it happens to you, you'll know it because Clooney's mm-hmm. like, "What the fuck's going on?" And the guy is basically just talks around things, uh, and you start thinking, "Okay, is he kind of crazy or what?" Um, and there's another person on the ship uh viola davis who plays gordon um and he tells her he's you know he says well where's gordon and 
he tells her she's locked herself in her compartment. Uh, good luck with that. Basically, never tells <laughs> anything. You know, just so Clooney goes to try and talk to her, and she's in there, and she talks to him through the door. She won't let him in. She's just you know like fuck. Basically, fuck you. Um, so in he the, goes uh, in the Russian version when he goes and talks to that person. Um, the guy, it's the same reaction. The guy won't, doesn't want anyone in the room. And in the middle of their conversation, this midget comes running out and he grabs it and throws it back, <laughs> grab, grabs the little midget and throws them back in the room. Nice. Um, <laughs> so he's kind of, uh, intrigued, but I'm sure he's kind of, you know, nervous and everything. Yeah. Um, but apparently when you go to sleep, which is, you know, going to happen eventually no matter what um things start happening and uh it revolves around this planet and um it's this this is one of those ones because i'm sure there are a lot of people that listen to the show that uh have not seen this i mean yeah. in our circles there's probably a lot that have but there's still some that haven't i'm sure uh, either one. The, Both the, of these movies are difficult to talk about plot-wise without spoiling anything. Right. Because they um, are the experience of that. Yes. And so Clooney does have the experience, which Jeremy Davies tells him, you'll know what's happening when it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be fucking obvious. <laughs> and it is. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he... It really plays into um, a lot of the flashbacks that you see about mm-hmm. his life. Um, it re- this movie, the the story, and I, I actually rented the original, but I haven't watched it yet. It's on my iPad. I thought about watching it right after this one, but then I got caught up in doing some other stuff like watching Lorenzo Lamas and Gary Busey. Um, <laughs> Um, and like I said, the show is kind of like sometimes like homework where even if it's going to be great, you still, for some God, reason, isn't that the worst? I put, I put stuff off to last minute and, you know, yeah. um, I watched this one at like 11 o'clock last night. Yeah. Have seven days, you know, to fucking watch something and still, but, um, it really makes you examine, um, loss and, it really makes you examine uh, the past. Uh, and when I'm watching this, I, I think everybody's probably – just like any movie, everybody's going to bring their own stuff to a movie. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, it kind of helps you see things clearly because you often look at the past um, – Especially things that uh, you look at them through rose-colored glasses and without remembering that when you're looking at something through rose-colored glasses, you're seeing in them how you're seeing only the good times and you're remembering the way sometimes you want to remember them. You're, yep. you're, you're, it's you, it's your thing. You're, t- you've taken the reality and taken those memories. And I wouldn't, I don't want to say twisted because I don't want it to sound ugly or bad. I'm sure everybody does this, but you're, you're, you're molding them into some idealistic thing. 
by by remembering the good things, which isn't bad because the good things happen, but but it can also torture. It can also help you in torturing yourself because of regrets and just hanging on to to an ideal that maybe wasn't as ideal as as you remember. Right. Um, now, Clooney, um, you have him de- have him and also uh, Gordon. Uh, she seems like she well, she's been there a lot, been there longer, so she's kind of dealt with her stuff, and she's a lot more hard about it, and and she's gotten past the euphoria of what what can be if you take it that way. And I'm sure if this happened to anybody, any of us, um, you would have the same reaction Clooney did, and I'm sure she did when it happened to her to start with. Uh, But she has uh, come to terms with it where he is still just in the infant stage of the experience. Um, So she's a lot more hard. And then when she finally starts talking to him, comes out and everything of her room and everything. um, His first reaction is pretty brutal. Yeah. Well, they have – yeah. And even that – that is um, his – okay, That that's him after the euphoria where he's kind of like he, – he gets more – it's kind of like uh, 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 when you have the uh, one-night stand experience and while you're, <laughs> while you're fucking, everything is like great. But as soon as you come, you're like, okay, wait a minute. This isn't reality. I got to get the fuck out of here. I got to get back to reality. And that's sort of, that's, a, that's a stupid way to put it. But that's sort of how he is because he's hit with all this stuff that he has died for to and, – and then and, – and everything kicks in. But then when he starts realizing and he comes to uh, reality – He's like, fuck. Okay, now you know I got to do something. And what he does, definitely, man, that was you know, uh, just even when he does it and he turns his back and you see the paw, this paw drifting away, you can just see something in the window as it's drifting away, and it's like, oh my god. Yeah. But it's like a dream or a nightmare that won't let go. Um, and when I say a nightmare, like I said, I don't mean like aliens or anything scary, but it's like, if you had that, um, that dream of a lost, uh, lost love or something like that, or, or, uh, a lost child or, uh, you know, your, your, your pet that has passed away and you have this dream and you wake up and, in the dream, you were so happy to be reliving and be with that person or that thing again. But when you wake up, there's a like a moment of sadness because you know it was just a dream and everything. Yeah. But what if that dream doesn't go away? You know, it right. keeps coming back, and then you're you know you're having to deal with it. And he sort of tries to come to terms with it, uh, where Viola Davis is is telling him, "No, you can't. 
fall into this trap. Because the trap, even though this is a sci-fi movie, the trap is living in the past. Yeah. Uh, not letting go and uh, not, um, you know, that's just a basic thing. I've, I've done it myself. I've, you know, had people tell me over and over and over, you know, you can't live in the past. You know, you, you, you got to move on. You've got to, you know, or life will pass you by. Um, there's a lot more out there. There's Solaris out there. Oh. So anyway, <laughs> um, like we said before, this is, this is one that, that, um, you can kind of, uh, much like uh, Snow, played by Jeremy Davis. What's this movie about? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what does he say? His quote. I wrote his quote down. He says, um, "When you see uh, this movie, you'll 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 see it, and I, then you'll know." And I that's tell you what's how, happening, but I don't know if that'd tell you what's really happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, I saw this, and it, it's it's a, it's been a while. Um, I rented it. Because uh, when I went to rent it again on Netflix, uh, or not Netflix, uh, iTunes, uh, it said, you've rented this before. Do you want to rent it again? And I was like, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, <laughs> I like uh, – I thought uh, Natasha McCone or whatever yeah, I don't know. Is. I don't know how to say her name either. Rhea. We'll say her name is Rhea. Rhea, yeah. Rhea. Rhea. Um, she was very good in this. Mm-hmm. Um and there were some things that I forgot um, that were twists. And uh, either I forgot them or I didn't – or I just missed them. Like maybe I wasn't watching closely like the cucumber chopping scene. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think I missed that the first time. I'm talking about the second cucumber chop. Right, scene. right. I saw the first part, but I I think I missed the second one, and that adds a lot. <laughs> yes. So, um, but I I like this. I thought, like I said, when, when Clooney going through, he has a ton of charisma. You can't take your eyes off this motherfucker. Um, <laughs> Everything he's in, um, you can see how this guy, um, he's charming as, as hell. Mm-hmm. He, he can, he's, this is the kind of guy that just, when they talk about somebody having it, he's got it in spades. He is made, he was born to, if he, if, if movies didn't exist, and actors didn't exist. I think he'd be like a, a fucking great politician or a con man or <laughs> uh, maybe a dictator or something because he is so fucking likable. And he – I mean – but also the part that um, – where he's going through his angst, mm-hmm. I mean he's very good. Uh, and uh, every, most of the other people in this movie, with the except, you have Jeremy Davis or Davies, Davies, and Viola Davis, and that's about it. Other than you have um, a couple of people, Ulrich Tukur. <laughs> <laughs> you have a couple of people that show up uh, either in flashbacks or Jabarian or Jabarian is, is his, yeah. uh, and he Jabarian is. Uh, Everybody plays a similar. Everybody, all the characters are kind of in place here, um, for the most part. 
uh, that are in the the Russian one. Um, Javarian being the what? Isn't the, the Russian, Russian one's quite? Yes, it's it's two. It's almost three hours long. So they have more time to have some more characters and to kind of explore it a little bit more. And there's probably. not much in the way of flashback. Okay, it's almost all conversation on the on the well the first 45 minutes are deciding to actually go mm-hmm. um and uh the guy that had originally i think it's it's a little it's a, the 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 way it twists around is a little different in that one but the, there's basically like he's watching a news press or news conference about like this the guy that has come back from Solaris at, in the past being interviewed and they've been studying this forever not not forever but for quite a while and this guy has aged since he's even been back to earth and um nobody quite bought what he was you know saying was going on they ah. like, cuz cuz he had video or he had, he would have he's like yeah in the in the movie and blah blah, blah I, I filmed it you know this and this and then they would show it and like nobody else would see that what was there that kind of thing and um so he was kind of it was less of like a distress call and more of a go and check the rest of these people and let's see if we can figure out what's really going on up there. And by the time he gets there, there are only a couple people left and the place is in disarray and, and blah, blah, blah. And the, um, the, the, it, it, it turns it into like, um, and there's play, there's room for both. It turns it into the Russian version into a much colder film because it really turns into a, just a study of what it is to be human and like who's human and what's not and what part of our mind makes us human or not. And the, the, the relationship stuff is there, but only as a, as a prop for that other. And we don't learn a lot about what has happened in anybody's past as where this one what makes it more accessible for me is the fact that I feel I, you feel closer to the characters themselves. The first one is the, the 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 original is about ideas, and this one makes it more of a personable movie. Um, I don't know which is better. It might be weird to compare uh, an hour and a half, you know, cinema go go to the cinema type movie to something that is you know probably studied in classes but as far as like you know if it's something you want to study i'd say probably the first one is the one to sit down with if it's something you want to you know enjoy on a uh, an entertainment level as well as get some get some shit out of it the second one or the remake this one um is probably um because there's a little there's a few more um there's some things handed to you in this one that they that that they don't give you in the first. It doesn't. The first doesn't answer really anything for you. Um, it's it's a lot of it's left to your own. As where this one, with the flashbacks, with the um, some of the some of the conversations we hear in flashback, which I thought was interesting in this. Maybe it's a little obvious, but I, I mean it, it it works for me. But the the whole discussion that. Um, in one flashback of Chris being certain that humans were just there due to chance. Um, there, there's a whole conversation about if there's an intelligent designer or not, and they're just scoffing at that idea. 
And the people all involved in that conversation are now being affected by it in one way or another in the present. And yeah, take that humans. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this discussion of, you know, whether are, are human beings, why are human beings the only creatures with a sense of morality? And, uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of cool. And there's a visit by somebody that doesn't happen in the original two, which kind of answers some questions also. A middle-of-the-night visit by a, a, a third party. Yeah, um, yeah. The – I don't know. I like I like that it does – it does ask if some things just cannot be explained, but I like that it's more accessible than the first, than the original and something that, well, like I said, I've, I've, I had trouble making it through the original at times because it's, I mean, it's dense and the, um, and this one is more like I can, I can sit down with it and it feels more comfortable and whether that's better or not, I don't know, but I, I, it makes me like it better. Uh, if that means if that, makes any difference at all um there's a great line in it um and the 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 there's a the one character that is kind of pivotal to the whole story um this this person is not um she feels more of an object I just spoiled something. Uh, <laughs> it feels more of an object in the original, and in this one, it's there's more uh, uh, introspection, and uh, there's a great quote that's like, you know, it created me, and yet I can't communicate with it. Which again goes back to that whole belief in God. And, hey, God, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the I liked that Jeremy Davies was listening to Insane Clown Posse, <laughs> which is pretty yeah, fucking yeah, terrible. Yeah. Uh. Um, <laughs> what? what do you mean? <laughs> and uh, there's some really good homage to uh, 2001 in this, uh, especially uh, Clooney's helmet reminded me of that, and the approach of the the, the space station, or when he's approaching the space station, the whole uh, the ballet type thing that you see in 2001 with the you yeah. know everything rotating around. I know it was there as like a, yep, I remember this, you know, um, but. I, I, th- there was one time years ago, I probably would have said this is one of my favorite movies. I don't know if I still stand on that, but I still really like it. So, um, and Clooney, yeah, Clooney too is, he's really good. He is really shitty at cutting cucumbers, but other than that, um, this might've been, might've been when I, uh, fell for him, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. That, that, this hey, or that ass. Yeah, and yeah, it does. <laughs> the um, it's either this or uh, Oh Brother. It's got to be one of the two. When I made the turn on Clooney, so cool. So, uh, what, what would you rate it? There was one point in this that it kind of lost me mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. Um. I would rate this a 8.75. Sweet. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, I, I'm i there with you. I was going to say I, 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 did, I was waffling between that and a 9, but 8.75 is it's, – it's, it's very good. Um, 
it's uh, it, it just gives a few more answers now than uh, especially watching both the same day. Right. Um, I can. Do I, you I, think you would have? How would? How do you think? Uh, of course, you you know we can't know for sure. But if you would have seen the Russian one first, because usually when people are polarized and they're like you know, oh it sucks, because uh, you know uh, I was on another. Uh, movie group and mm-hmm. um we were talking about this and um i'm still gonna give very, this a nine it's still a nine for me yeah it's very polarizing because people are like that that saw the original shit on this one but then people i found that it seemed like people that saw this one first they don't shit on the russian one but they think this one is better I saw this one – well, obviously, I saw this one first. Um, If I tried – when I saw this movie originally, I would have been, I don't know, 23. Um, I would not have liked the Russian one at that that time in my life. There's no way. It was too much. I – you know, I – but this one – this one spoke to me at that time, um, which made it so, so good to me. Um, it still holds up, but I think with, I, I don't know, just, it, it, it didn't blow me away and maybe I was just fucking tired or something that happens. Um, like I said, I watched it late last night. So, but, um, having, having watched and not having not watched this one in years and then watched the Russian one before it made me appreciate this perhaps more than I would have if I just went into it again, because, I like what Soderbergh did with being able to cut this down, still keep, you know, keep true to the ideas of the first one, but make it so it's, you know, well, maybe it's, maybe it's dumbed down. I don't know, but make it so it's more accessible, not such a dense, uh, a dense watch. And this movie, I don't know if we said it, it's, it's fucking beautiful. Like the, the, yeah. the special effects are not like, the 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 set design for one, I love the futuristic stuff. You mentioned the clothing, but like the computer monitors and stuff, nothing is where you're watching it and you're like, that looks really like so futuristic. It's out of place. Everything is blended super well. It's like muted futuristic technology, and but then the the outdoor stuff, the planet itself, the Solaris planet itself, looks really cool. It's hypnotic, and I love the music in it. Um, like the, well, not the music, the, I don't know what you call it. Just like the, the ambient sound. Um, and then, uh, the, the actual outside of the space station. Um, yeah, I mean, if, I guess if I could complain about anything with the first one, it had that look of, this is what the future probably looks like. And, uh, as where this one, it just, it, the set design, the production design was really spot on. So. But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm going back to a nine. I, I still really really like this movie a lot. So, and it has Clooney's ass. All right, yeah. <laughs> let's take That's a break a and come back. Clooney, hey, if he showed his cock, we might we might be talking ten. Yeah, I'll tell you what. If oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take a break and come back and talk about Moon. Uh, we'll be right back. Speaking of fracking, let's talk about Moon. We'll be we'll be right back. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> TGTMC live for you, fresh air. 
Big Willie and the Samurai are at your service, breaking films down and turning them around, giving recommendations that are always on point. Visit ggtmc.com for more information. The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to the trash since 1977. Alan for that one. Uh, next movie, Moon from 2009. Would you like to synopsize, sir? Yes. Astronaut Sam Bell has a quintessentially personal encounter toward the end of his three-year stint on the moon, where he, working alongside his computer, Gertie, sends back to Earth parcels of resources that... What? I mean, this is like... The, the, okay, but anyway. Uh, since this is back to resources that help diminish our planet's power problems. That's a, a horrible synopsis. <laughs> now, <laughs> we, uh, we, we answered very early. You asked the question last week, does Sam Rockwell show his ass? Yes, very early. <laughs> we, we answer very early. We get this answer very early. He does indeed show his big wet ass in the, sh- in the shower. He's like, let's just get this. The director's probably like, okay, Rock, let's just get this out of the way. <laughs> the first fucking scene. <laughs> boop, boop. So this is directed by Duncan Jones, as I previously said, Bowie Jr. This is David Bowie's uh, kid. Um, I have not seen anything else he's done. This was his first debut movie. He also did a movie called Source Code that I haven't seen. Have you seen that? I don't know. Has Jake I, Gyllenhaal? Yes, I did see that. Yes, okay. yes, and it was an odd duck too. And he liked it. He liked he, yeah. he liked it. He did it. Um, and he's doing <laughs> something called Warcraft, which I don't know if is related to. Oh, yep. Based on the video game. Uh oh, he's already fallen down the <laughs> fallen down that hole. Um, it does have Dominic Cooper in it. I like him. Um, sometimes the, so yeah, moon, um, moon stars, the one and only, and maybe I should put an emphasis on only Sam Rockwell. Um, what impressed me first when I saw this was, uh, how good Sam Rockwell is at acting with himself, um, without spoiling anything. It, uh, it it's it's I, I'm, this is this one might even be harder to to, to not spoil. Yeah. Um, but we have 
the movie opens with a an advertisement and an advertisement, as as people overseas would say, um, from Lunar Industries, who have discovered on the dark side of the moon that they can harvest certain rocks and extract what is called helium three. Helium three is collected on this space on this state on this moon base and sent via rockets back to earth and it's used because it, it has essentially replaced what do they say 75% of earth's power or something like that yeah um and in true corporate fashion they've realized that they can half-ass provide this half-assed working space station and hire only one guy to do the work of maybe like 20 guys <laughs> and squeeze the most money possible out of it and there's and it it touches on this at first and gets more and more uh a thing as the movie goes on so um now another thing i really like about it is uh clint mansell's music uh, i thought this had a really cool soundtrack um Clint Mansell's worked with Darren Aronofsky quite a bit. I think he's done every Darren Aronofsky movie except for one. Um, and um, but really, this is like I said, this is the this is the Sam Rockwell show. Uh, again, with this one, uh, set design goes a long way for establishing a really good look. Um, it. It's still it looks futuristic, but not out of not like fantastical yeah. futuristic. And what they do good, what do good, what they do good, <laughs> what they do, <laughs> what they do well is putting some wear on things and putting some dirt on things and adding some of uh Sam Bell's personal touches like his uh Tennessee Titans banner on the wall there was a fucking there was a pair of nunch- <laughs> nunchucks beside his bed at one point um it looks it doesn't look overly sterile but still looks sterile like you'd expect and again this is the 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 look of this is completely aped from 2001 which is not a bad thing it's intentional and 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 does it does it well but it's they make that make it still look lived in but still futuristic um i first noticed it when rockwell's driving that six-wheeled moon car and there it shows when all it shows is his face but this the the bar that goes around the bottom of his helmet has like paint chips off of it where he's like you know where he's probably bumped it a few times or a lot like taking the helmet on and off and um maybe that you know maybe that maybe the wear we see and the dirt we see is kind of a a hint about what's really going on that maybe that wear has been there a while, you know, um, that it's not, you know, I would try not to spoil. So the, there's only one crew, <laughs> one crew member, like I said, and they have a three year contract at the end of this three years. Uh, they jump in, they jump in a, uh, a pod and they're, um, rocketed back to earth. And all the while they, uh, the 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 communication is always on delay um because something is always malfunctioning on this station in this case the uh the satellite had been hit by solar flares and um i mean we 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 always learn this through 
Rockwell. But um, we, uh, the he, you know, he he's his his communication satellite has been damaged, um, so all of his communication with Earth is on a delay. So he has to send his message to his wife and three year old daughter. Three years? I don't know if they ever told how old she was. Maybe I'm just making that up. She's young. She's she's like she's a toddler, and uh, but he it takes a, it takes a, quite a while for messages to come back, and we get a flashback in this. And I gotta say, whoever played his wife was pretty fucking hot too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to figure out her name. Uh, what was what did they call her? Is that Eve? Eve. Eve was his daughter. Okay. Nanny uh, Tess. 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 It had to be Tess. Dominique Mc, McElligot. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of uh, other people in the movies. Hmm. She's not too shabby. Um. I'll put her name <laughs> in Google. I'll Google search her nude. There you go. I'm sure there's well, something. There always is. Name's got to be some fucking weird name that I have to copy and paste because it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing with the set, I love the way they get Gertie. Um, did they ever say what Gertie stands for? I swear to God, I thought the fucking guy was saying the entire movie. I thought he was saying Gordy. Gordy. <laughs> yeah, I like thought Terry, the thing's name like was Bam Gordy. Bam Terry Gordy. Terry Bam Bam Gordy. <laughs> that would have been a funny movie. <laughs> what do you like, need? I'm gonna go. Oh. Well, apparently she has. To... Oh, okay, she was in the uh, guard with, uh, um, what's his face, fat guy, Brendan Gleeson, <laughs> and she played a prostitute in that. And I remember her being hot. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that a picture of her with a cock in her mouth? No, that can't be. It's a fake one, probably. Maybe. Yeah, no, it's real. It's just not her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Gertie. Is the Hal Nine Thousand of the movie? He is voiced by Kevin Spacey, who really, I mean, that's what a, what a good choice for his voice. And and Spacey yeah. really channels his best uh, Douglas Rain Hal Nine Thousand voice. Um, and he's got this really Gertie. The, when I you know I mentioned the 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 way Gertie gets around the station, it's not like. He's not speaking through computer screens and stuff like that. He's almost – I mean, he, I get, he is a robot. He's part of the artificial intelligence of this station but has a physical presence in this – what it made me think of is like when you go and get an x-ray and that big like yeah. that like thing with the arm, the gun that like comes down that they zap you with and give you cancer. The uh, Gertie kind of reminded <laughs> me of that because he's got parts – and you know, there's all these ports. The I don't know what they're called in a in a in a space station, but they're you know they always have the thing where you have to step over the threshold. And there's these notches, these grooves, and Gertie kind of glides around on them. They're different parts of the space station or the moon base have different parts of Gertie, even though it's all the same intelligence. And Rockwell has like labeled these different ones with what you know what room that one belongs in he's got sticky notes actually on the front and then on the back you see a kick me one um but uh gertie is not gertie is not quite the how 9000 because well this movie's not about artificial intelligence and gertie is a is a, a 
and this one this one's not really giving away anything. Gertie is not the uh, the antagonist in the movie. He is there only to help. Um, he's got this really dorky, uh, happy face, or this like the the emoticon <laughs> faces. Yeah. Which I don't know that I'm a fan of that one. I think that with all the cool design in this movie and some of the work with, with look like miniatures or something, I, maybe it was just a joke. The emoticon thing was kind of silly looking. <laughs> but um, you know, he maybe Rockwell know, had a choice of what he wanted, and he just had a sense of humor. So he could. I mean, you do get to see him dancing to "Walking on Sunshine" like an idiot. Because I mean, like three years all by yourself. You would probably come up with some stupid shit just to occupy your time, like yeah. nunchucks, like nunchucks, like carving uh, balsa wood uh, buildings with an exacto yeah. knife, like jacking um, off like a lot. <laughs> You'd get bored of jacking off after that amount of time. I haven't yet. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and not talking to anybody live, like he. He just has to record himself and watch recordings, but talk to people on Skype. Yes. Um, so after <laughs> there's a, there's an accident. Um, Sam is as is is gone outside the station uh, once again to fix one of the. There's four um, harvesters. Two of them are always offline. You see that through the whole fucking movie. But he's out there trying to fix one and sees something in. And and it causes them to have an accident. Um, basically, just you know, crashes into the back of this harvester. And when he wakes up, Gertie's there, and you know, he's like, you know, do you remember anything? Blah blah blah. And um, but Sam, uh, he's fine at first, but. Gertie will not allow Sam out of the station. He's like, "You're not ready yet. You're too, you know. You're still, you're still waking up. Whatever. Butt's um, too big. Your your butt is way too big to fit in that in that astronaut suit. It's going to get an air leak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Sam walks in on something. Ooh. God damn it! <laughs> your headphones just fly off. Um, uh, I just hit myself in the head. Oh no. Sam walks in on something that really has him saying, like, I need to get out and see what the hell's going on. And Gertie just won't let him out of the station. Well, he figures a way out, and he has this encounter. And maybe this is like, like Solaris again. He has this encounter that really has him start questioning his, first his reality, and then his just status. Um. And I like how matter of fact the relationships in this film become because jo- Jones removes most of the mystery um, the that most films would have like the easy path would have been to go down that go down there and like and discover just try to unravel. Who am I? You know what? What? What is all this going? What's going on? That sort of thing. As where this one, we get the realization within. I mean, once that once that encounter happens, we're given what what is going on within you know five ten minutes. Yeah, and we we move toward we folk the focus of the film really becomes on how Sam Bell deals with this information that he has. 
Um, now, this movie is really nicely edited. Um, I can't say a lot about it, but it uh, it it requires it required a deft hand. I'll say that at 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 piecing it together um, without really showing too much in the way of like CGI or anything like that. I'm sure there had to have been a couple scenes that were done with computers. I don't know what on the, on the surface of the moon was done computer wise. If anything, I assume like the, those giant harvesters with the rocks flying out of the back, something had to have been animated there. I can't imagine they would have recreated that, but the little cars had such a cool look with uh, the the they looked like they had the same uh, physics as you see the moon car back you know when at the moon landing um, but it, the inside the base stuff very nicely edited there's some stuff that probably required some computer animation but it's hidden very very well um, there Sam Rockwell, just like uh, just like Clooney, is like a you know he's a standout in the first one. Rockwell, I, he's Rockwell's one of my favorite actors too. Um, he's got a really great moment in the uh, front seat of his moon car when he makes a makes a call on this really industrial looking laptop thing. <laughs> um, I love that. That seems really well done. Um, he has a funny line where he tells somebody you look like a radioactive tampon or a banana with a yeast infection. (laughs) Um, and I don't know what it says about me. I wondered, so uh, he starts to get, uh, kind of, he gets really, first he's getting irritable and has some complaints of like his stomach hurting and stuff, but he really starts getting like really sick, like bleeding when he shouldn't and throwing up and stuff. And he, at one point he reaches into the toilet and pulls out his own tooth. And, uh, the only thing I could think about, cause you immediately see him typing on a keyboard and I meet, I was instantly thinking, did he wash his hands? Because he just has like fucking blood vomit. <laughs> I wouldn't have reached in for the tooth. I mean, what are you going to do with it? I, I guess he it's wanted to see gone. if that was what it was. I don't know. Is that my tooth? Or is that a but turd? This, this has the homages that you can see to 2001. Besides the How 9000 thing, there's a, there's the they talk about they somebody on an aside says something about a pylon and the um, there's a there's a, a a big shadow that goes across the surface of the moon that uh, kind of is a throwback to 2001 also. But um, I, I I like this one quite a bit. What what did you think of it? I know this was the first time you'd seen it. Yeah. Um... I thought it was good. I, th- I I wondered throughout the movie if like uh, Rockwell got like double or triple uh, pay, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for whatever reasons. Um, yeah, reasons. I I kind of got a Blade Runner feel for mm-hmm. this as far as um, see. It's hard to talk about shit. Yeah. Um, as far as um, oh Jesus, I can't. I mean, it's a good point, but I can't fucking say what it is. <laughs> Tell me off. Um, whatever, just forget it. <laughs> forget, <laughs> forget I even said that. I'll tell you what what I meant here. Okay. Um, 
but I thought he did a really good job, and I I also thought that he did a good job of um, showing different personalities. Yeah. Um, and okay, you know, it's like, how do you say, you know, um, I, d- I did think it looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just hard to fucking talk about because, <laughs> it, um, without giving away, uh, things like you said, they're, they're, they don't hold back on anything. They don't, they don't, uh, it's a, it's a fun discovery. So it's right. the the thing we are tiptoeing around is a fun discovery as the viewer, but not not key to what the right. movie is about. Right. Um, but it's worth not spoiling to to yeah. kind of uncover that. Um, like I said, we learn along with the characters in this movie pretty quick of, of what's going on, and it's more of like. The, the, the aftermath and the dealing with it, that, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, there's almost a, also a, um, oh, we'll see what was that? Uh, a, a, um, high noon slash outland, mm-hmm. uh, high noon being the Gary Cooper, you know, somebody's coming on the train and, or, you know, of course, Outland with Sean Connery was basically high noon in space. Well, you kind of had that too, but they didn't go all the way with that. And something was going to happen, uh, and you know somebody's coming, but you know it wasn't all about that. Right. right. Uh, but there was a there was a couple of different things like that that I I kind of gave me the ideas from, like I said, like Blade Runner with. Um, what the people in that were and what they were used for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then kind of how this was where where big business or whatever finds a way to you know use these people uh for their lifespan you know so kind of a deal. you got to wonder with um like what was Sam Bell offered to end up in this yeah to be away especially if he had a young child to be away from his see that's what i was thinking when i was watching that what you know what would be to to go do that but then you know man why when you why when you look up dominique mckelligut nude why are there so many fucked up images yeah that's what i'm saying that's when i looked her up you know (laughs) What the uh, hell? There's like a fat but, woman peeing and everything. There's a nude it, it, woman swimming with a dolphin. It's definitely a challenging <laughs> fucking role for Rockwell because yes, I mean yes, he definitely. carries the fucking ball in, in in lots of different ways and and had to try and be I'm sure had to try and be creative to not just do and and, and another thing there were scenes in this like I said talking around it without giving anything away. Um, where you used to see things like this in old TV shows or old movies, and they were really obvious, mm-hmm. where two people would be sharing the screen, yeah, okay, and yeah. you could tell, you know, what that's, they. Were that's going. what I was saying before. Like there has right. to be some CG trickery, in right? Because it wasn't as obvious, and 
and I I like the look of it in this. Um, I liked the the um, almost a even though the characters in this movie know what the score is. Uh, they at at first I kind of liked it because they weren't immediately close. Mm-hmm. But then I also liked that th- that they um, that they developed a bond even to the point of self sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, and I I really liked the end how they did the ending where you just heard the news reports of on Earth about what yep. has happened in the aftermath. I liked that. I liked how. Uh, kind of cynical that was as far as the news reports and how people were trying to blow it off or cover it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. But it's it's uh, both of these movies. I, I think we picked good movies to review, but we also picked movies that are very hard to review. <laughs> yeah, short show to... this week. <laughs> yeah. But that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Um, I, I also am a big fan of Rockwell. I think he brings a uh, a realism to his characters. He kind of has a a, a a bit of a rednecky kind of a thing to him, and <laughs> you know he looks like a regular guy. Uh, and he also has a feel for, um, I think, just um, adding a little bit of funniness or silliness or whatever like you said when he was dancing to i'm walking on sunshine and shit like that that was pretty hilarious and i i I can imagine that 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 was like written in there he probably i just it's just one of those things that's kind of like something you would think that he would be like okay how about if i do this you know um but i really liked it i thought it was very good and i kind of had an idea of what it was but like you said before I thought that was going to be the whole thing was that was going to be the big reveal. Okay. What, what mm-hmm. is going on here? But it's really not it. They, they, they give that to you. It is a, 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 a re- big reveal, but it's early and then they explain it. So yep. then it's, it's what happens. We get that out of the way. And the, and the, that would have been the easy route to take. Um, so we, we deal more with, the the aftermath in which I I like a lot, and I thought that I read that Spacey um, agreed to do the part only after the movie was shot. So the whole movie was done, and then he added in all his lines. Which is oh really? Cool. That's cool. Yeah. I actually read some that uh, I actually read some uh, trivia. You prepared for the show? What the no, I didn't. I read that? it like right when you were talking there. A oh bit. okay. Uh, <laughs> no, it was before we started the show because I always listen. <laughs> Awesome. Let's rate it. Um, this uh, th- I was super impressed with this. Um, I'm pretty sure I bl- I blind bought the Blu-ray. I can't uh-huh. remember, but uh, and and liked it quite a bit. Um, and that's how I watched it last night. It looks really good. Sam Rockwell is pretty amazing in it, um, considering the part he has to play. Um, it's just it's it's well done. And to say you know for this kind of little film. To be, you know, to be as well put together and acted for, you know, Duncan Jones' first movie ever, it's pretty impressive. Um, I I give this, uh, I give it an eight point five. I like it quite a bit. 
I'm giving this one the same as the other one, 8.75. I there thought they were both uh, really good. I thought this one was uh, – I never felt bored. I never – you know, I really liked it. And I, yeah. uh, it's it's Rockwell. I mean, it, it to me, it's an admirable just to take on this role because it's uh, yep. a lot of work, I'm sure, and, and a lot of uh, – he – they probably had to try and come up with a lot of uh, ways to. I can't even say. Just forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to give anything away. Okay. So anyway, awesome. Uh, good reviews there. That was. These were. We had a good week. That was good because those yeah. that that John Candy and uh, <laughs> Chevy Chase movie. Chevy Chase double feature about murdered me for my movies for the week. Ugh, that was so um, awful. The so we didn't get any feed sack this week and we forgot to ask questions so uh, we'll jump right into what we're covering next week. Um, we don't even need to take a break. The uh, John Knife Licker John I don't know if he says his last name. Um, he has requested and I'm I, I I think that it might be musical related but I'm not sure. Uh, but he wants us to do a Glenn Hansard Hansard double feature. Uh, so we're going to cover the commitments from two th- from 1991, and the movie Once uh, from 2006. Never seen either one of them. Um, so two uh, Irish movies there. Uh, you can always send us feed sack to two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred or silva gold podcast at gmail.com find us on itunes find us on stitcher find us on our website at silva and and join our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash silva and gold slash 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 big butt rockwell yeah um gash cool anal crevice it's well, a long butt crack. We got a nice concise show this week. Didn't watch much. Maybe we'll start getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, maybe we'll be down to like thirty-three minutes by the end of the year. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> in in less than a month, we've gone from like near four hours to an hour and twenty. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> one was four hours. Um, what did we talk? Was that the that was the um, Pacific Theater one? We talked about uh, we talked about. Um, thin red line for quite a while oh yeah yeah cool um i think that's about it zom do you have anything else sir oh i gotta go to the bathroom number two number two coming up on the way (laughs) until next time this is a loaf poot zom